forward to the word this morning, so thank you. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. So apparently Josh and Sarah are at Light Conference. I was at Shout Conference. So, um, so anyway, so, so I just did <laughs> publicly in front of, in front of everyone. So. I'm still catching my breath after hopping up and down for a little while. So, um, Bible translation story. Okay. Um, since you introduced the theme, so my uncle's a smart dude. He um, got a doctorate in philosophy. So like he's smart. His doctoral thesis was on um, solar convection zones in the universe. So like souls, you know, mathematics at a ridiculous level. And um, anyway, after doing that, he um, got called to be a missionary, Bible translator. And so he, um, he spent 10 years with his family, my couple of young cousins, and them up in Arnhem Land, and they did 10 years of Bible translation up there. I think they would say it was hard work um, translating just phrase by phrase the whole Bible into another language. And um, after 10 years, they'd, they'd done some of that, um, but I think it was like, I think, you know, we're done. This is, this is really hard work. And so, so they left after about 10 years. But in the last 10 years or so, what my uncle's been doing, so how does astrophysics and mathematics fit with all this? The last 10 years, he's been writing a program called Adapt It, which means you don't have to have translators living in separate areas, tribes, nations. You can just get a computer program that covers all the grammar, all the syntax, all, all the stuff, and actually builds the translation for you once you put some key meanings in there. And so, um, so now, you can, you, the resources needed to take the Bible into another language are far, far less than they were. Because who knows, like I said before, the Bible is the words of life. And what God speaks to us are words of life. And so, sort of, I think he would say perhaps that those 10 years were sort of mixed. Did, did I achieve much? Did much really happen? But at the end of your life, I think you'll be able to look back and go, wow, we've really made the, the word of God accessible to a whole bunch of people. So, there, so there's, um, there's, a, there's a little Bible translation story. I've now caught my breath. We're all good. Um, I'm going to, no kids today. Like, there's kids here, but I mean, there's, um, oh, there they are. Kids programs happening in here today. We'll keep it short. We should be done in probably in 15, 20 minutes and short service today. <clears throat> and we're going to do it around communion. Sorry? I, I do sometimes, but not today because I've only got limited notes. So anyway, um, I want to talk about communion. I, I don't actually like talking about communion like this because when Jesus introduced the Lord's Supper, communion, it looked nothing like this. So what I want us to do to make me feel a little bit more like we're actually doing communion, like Jesus initiated, let's get rid of the rose and let's work out how to do a circle on the stage, sitting here, sitting on the floor, sitting on some chairs, and let's gather around in a circle. Because it's going to feel a little bit more like what Jesus actually intended it to feel like. So grab a seat. Like I said, floor, whatever. Let's have a chat together.
No second row. Forgot to be. Got to be first row. Hey guys. Now I reckon we could lose. We could lose one of those and bring that in a little bit. Kirsty, come on in closer. Ronnie, come on. I want to smell your body aromas. That's what would have happened. Everyone's walked to this communion. Yeah, yeah, wherever. Everyone's walked to this communion. They might have walked for a couple of hours. They might have walked for a few minutes, but they're probably a bit smelly. Who knows? Israel was hot. So, um, so here we are, nice and close together. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a little bit more intimate, isn't it? It's a little bit different when you're actually looking at each other eye to eye. And I think... Jesus initiated. Is this, if this feels totally weird for anyone, just close your eyes and pretend it's not happening. Just live in denial. Um, this is a little bit more like, no second row, guys. Come on, move in the circle. You, see, you're rebellious. So there, there you go. So, yep. So already for me, this feels a little bit more like what Jesus intended because what he ultimately did was he sat down with his disciples, with his friends, and they shared a meal together. So the thing about communion, it was, never, it was never intended to be taken as individuals sitting in rows. It was always intended to be taken as part of a meal together. And so I just wanted today just to sort of share some thoughts on that. But before I do, I just wanted to... Um, today is... This week is NAIDOC week. I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts on that with us um, before we get into the rest of the stuff around communion. One of the commands that God gave Adam and Eve and their descendants was to what? Was to spread out, to, to multiply, to actually subdue, to, to actually tend, steward the, the whole earth. And um, that was one of the original commands that um, God gave Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve's first descendants that came here were who? They were the Aboriginal peoples of, uh, of our nation. And so I don't know what you know about NAIDOC week, but um, this is how it started. It started as an Aboriginal-led movement within churches to call for prayer for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So whatever else some segments of society might like it to be, it was actually intended to be a place where there could be healing between the nations and where something could actually be restored. And so that's the purpose behind NAIDOC Week. And so in that sense, I think it's incredibly significant that the original peoples of our land were actually the... That was, this was their land that was given to them as descendants of Adam and Eve to actually care for, to look after. And so we've inherited some of that blessing. Who's thankful they came here and we've got awesome beaches and we've got awesome climate. Having been in New Zealand last week, I'm very thankful I don't live in Auckland um, where the sun almost never shines. Um, but here we are. And so just a little acknowledgement, I suppose, of that today and then we'll get into the rest of communion. So today, we acknowledge the Murramurang people of the UN nation as the people whom our Creator has entrusted the responsibility to care for this country that we are gathered on today. We acknowledge their special place as custodians and hosts and the privilege it is to be their guest on this land. We pay our respects to Elders past and present from this place and from all the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations across this land that is now called Australia. And, and personally, I'm really thankful for the friendships and relationships I have with Aboriginal peoples and I'm really thankful for what they've taught me. Um, as a white fella, the things that I've learnt from them that I needed to learn. And so I think if that, in that spirit, may we grow together as a nation, learn from each other 
and um, I think when we do, I think something's going to be restored and released in our nation that's going to be incredible. So, so having said that, we now come to communion. Come and join us, Colin. We don't need anything on the screen. Um, and Eb, sorry, I didn't see you there. Eb, you're slightly shorter. So, right. So I'm, I'm just reading a couple of verses out of Luke 22 and I just want to convey, I suppose, the sense of what it felt like maybe a little more at, at that communion time. So Luke 22, 15, um, Jesus said this, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I love that Jesus had in his heart a longing to do something like this with the people he loved. He, he longed for it. He, I really want to do this together. I, I want to share a meal together. I want to break bread together. I want to drink together. Um, and then goes on in verse 19. Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is given, my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And I was thinking about that remembrance thing. And um, who knows when you go to a funeral, what the family tries to do is they try to do something that remembers the person in the way they would like to be remembered. So they're, they're actually trying to remember so-and-so in this way. Um, and so what Jesus is saying here is, when you remember me, maybe I don't want you to remember so much all the great crowds and all the, maybe the amazing teaching. What I want to remember is what it felt like to walk together, to minister together, to share life together, to break bread together, to be together and just enjoying fellowship together. And so I think, um, yes, it was about remembering Jesus' death and his resurrection and all those things that were about to come. But I think, Jesus, I want you to remember me like this. Yeah. This is what it was like to walk with me. Um, it was really cool, wasn't it? Let's remember and let's actually um, celebrate that moment. Like I said, communion was not originally done in a church service. It was done during a meal. And it wasn't, um, wasn't, wasn't individual serves being served up and taken individually. It was one loaf and that one loaf was broken and passed from one to the other. Uh, originally the cups they, they weren't little individual cups what would happen and you can read it in this passage in Luke 22 is there's one big carafe of wine or whatever and what they would do is they'd each go up and they'd take a little bit each not from the one thing but they'd, they'd take their own cup and they'd that actually go back. So in other words, we get it here and it's all individualised, it's all been broken up and here it is, just, this is yours, this is mine, this is hers, this is his. It wasn't like that then, this is ours. And let's, let's share this drink that's here, let's each take something of this thing together, let's each take some of this bread together. And so we're going to do that with the bread in a minute. We're going to, we won't do the wine stuff because Nancy had already poured all the little cups out and I would hate her to be upset if we just had to pour them all back into a big container and then spread, spread them out. So we'll just do the bread bit and we can pretend that we've poured our own um, wine in a minute. So it was around a table, it was passing bread, it was facing each other. I like this, I like, you're looking at, you're not looking at, seriously, the back of some of your heads are so ugly, so it's, it's, it's really, actually the front of some of your heads are really ugly too, but, but, but just... Uh, sorry, I wasn't mean to look over, over there. So, there's something about the pot calling the kettle black. But anyway, I, I think there's something about not looking at the back of a head, don't you reckon? And actually, I know we can't always do it if there's a couple hundred people in church, but really, doing this together, I think, is really cool. They weren't looking at a minister up the front. They were actually just sharing around the table together. So this is how Jesus wanted to be remembered, something like this. 
He didn't ask for a statue to remember him, you know, teacher. He didn't ask for a public holiday to commemorate him, although he got a couple of them. Actually, three, four. So he didn't ask for that. That, I want you to commemorate me with a public holiday a few times a year and a four-day break. We've got it, but that's... He didn't ask to be remembered as the one for whom the whole calendar restarted. He didn't ask, but he got that as well. He wanted to be remembered for this, for the connection that he had with those that he loved most on the earth. I want a shared meal. I want to remind you of what I came for to create friends, family on mission together. That's, that's what he came for. So um, maybe the point is this, is that um, Jesus didn't want to be remembered as a God above us or over us, uh, though he is that. He wanted to remind us that he is a God with us, he is a God in us, and he is also in communion the God shared between us that we hold in common. And so I think that's the power of communion. And we take it with those and we share it with those on the left and on the right. And he said he really wanted to do this before he went. I wonder, I've got no scriptural backing for this whatsoever. Some of you would think, well, that's Mark's normal messages. There's no scriptural. I just, I just wonder. Um, I wonder if Jesus also needed to do this before he died for another reason that maybe we haven't thought of. I wonder if when he went to the cross and when he was suffering, when he was dying, he had a memory a lived experience, sorry, <laughs> of church and fellowship with those that he'd walked with for three years to hang on to. Jesus was God, the Son of God. He knew what heaven was like. He'd seen it. He'd beheld the face of the Father as a Son of God. He'd seen angels. He knew, he knew that whole realm. But I wonder if he also wanted to hang on to as a Son of Man what it was like to walk together with purpose, with family and friends and actually see something incredible Built. I wonder if Jesus, when he was suffering, wanted to remember what it felt like to be friends together, eating and sharing something together. So, the longer I'm a Christian, the more I realise that the horizontal is equally as important as the vertical. You know, we can be incredibly spiritual, relate vertically, but, but if we don't know what it is to be and have horizontal relationships that are in order, Jesus put it this way, how can you say you love God and hate your neighbour? You, you can't have vertical without horizontal. May we never be people whose vertical relationship outstrips the horizontal. Because if we do, we become a hypocrite at that point. So, so may the richness of our relationship with God be fully walked out in how we walk with each other. If it isn't, we've got a problem. And um, so I just think this is what community is to remind us how important relationships with each other are. And just to keep it real, a couple of verses on, in verse 24, this is what happens next. So this beautiful moment that we're reading together, it sounds really awesome, and I've just painted this really, hopefully, pretty compelling picture. And then the 12 dope features go and, and do this <laughs> in verse 24. A dispute arose among them, as they're sitting like this, uh, among them, about which of them was to be considered the greatest. How did that even play out? Who was the idiot that first said, actually, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm a bit more important than you, my friend. Oh, no, no, no. But that, that's where it went. And all of a sudden, even in this moment, it got messed up. It should have been something other than that, yet there's this competition that ensued about, man, isn't the kingdom big enough for us to be us and not to have to compare, compete, to create a hierarchy when there doesn't need to be one? I am no more important than any of you. I've got a different grace and a different gifting but we walk horizontally, not diagonally even together, we walk horizontally. 
So let's connect here. We're going to have a chat for a few minutes. Um, and um, so I, I didn't know what the answer to this would be, but I think I do now. Has anyone here met Lucia Rose? So is Grandma. Has anyone here met Lucia Rose, Rosie and Dean's little girl? So tell us what she's like. Yeah. How'd you find what, what was going on? That's why she's beautiful when she's awake. It's nice. <laughs> for her, yeah, it's harder. Yeah. Cool. Jen, you met her? Yes. Yeah. She was speaking. Yeah. Just that scene of seeing the person in the room for the first one. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Um, a little story from last week. Um, some, who, some of you here would remember Mark. Mark. James Baccarini. Remember yeah. him? He's over at Light Conference or Shout Conference, as it's now known. And um, and um, and so, and so, so we were sharing a we were sharing a car. Him and another guy from London called uh, Mark Collard. So he's another pastor from London. James hops in the car, and he's all excited. Oh, my two pastors are here! And so, because James had been in the UK for a while, he'd come out of this church. And um, anyway, and so he starts calling the other guy, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark. Gets to me and just calls me Mark. I thought, well, <laughs> well. I was joking, of course. How come you called him Pastor Mark? Like, what, why don't I get Pastor Mark? And quick as a wit, he just turns at me and says, you're not Pastor Mark, you're just my spiritual dad. And I thought, oh, what a nice little moment of, yeah, this is, we're just doing life together. That was a nice moment for me. Okay, um, where's, uh, who's here? Lizzie? Yeah. What was Shout like? What was really cool about Shout? Love it. Yeah, anything in particular? Cool. Nice. Yes. <laughs> and sangria. Who knows? Sangria is pretty good. So, what did you get up to yesterday, Les? Nice. That's <laughs> Okay. So you had a good day. What did you get up to yesterday, Nance? Okay. Same sort of thing. How about you, Rye? What did you do? Yesterday. Yep. Slept. Slept? <laughs> Hung over or what was the deal? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you've been to Hillsong and what was that like? Amazing, yeah. So, Eb, you were there? Yeah. What did you get out of it? And I think that's a really cool point. Just We're going to take communion in just a second, but intimacy takes great courage. It actually takes a bit more courage to do this than sitting in a pew. It takes what Eb was saying. It takes more courage, doesn't it, to actually open your heart more to each other and to God. 
And so, um, so yeah, intimacy takes great courage. So, look, and, and that's what would have been happening around the table. They'd have been chatting, how was your week, what's going on? How about what Jesus said the other day? Wasn't that amazing? How about that guy that got healed? That was incredible. And that's, that's what would have been going on around the table. And so in just a second, we'll, um, we'll, we'll break some bread together. But I, I do, part of what communion is about is that when we're together like this in unity, there is a power of God released. There is a grace release. And so there might be some of us here that are carrying stuff in our bodies or whatever, sickness, illness, um, stuff going on. And um, I encourage us as we eat and drink together that I believe that there's actually going to be healing grace from God as we are walking, you know, in oneness together that's going to flow um, into your body. It's going to actually bring some healing or whatever needs it might be. May a grace flow in this moment. And I... Sometimes, I don't, I don't know you guys ever do this, but sometimes when you're actually drinking the cup, do you imagine that you're drinking in life? Do you, does anyone else do that or is it just me that does that? I, I actually, sorry, just me. I, I actually, you know, the Bible says that we are to love the Lord to go with all our heart, mind, soul and imagination. It's one of the words that he uses. So let's, let's actually imagine the life of the Spirit of God being taken into our body body, soul, spirit, mind, wherever our healing needs to happen, let's imagine that that, that is life to us yep. and that it's doing us good on our spirit and our body and our soul and all of those things. So, Nance, you ready to go? We've got one loaf or two? Just bring, grab, just bring the loaves over, hand them whole, don't break it up, don't break it up. Good, phew, just checking. <laughs> I'd have to do the whole thing again if you broke it up. <laughs> Yeah. What did you learn? Okay, here's more, more share time. So what did we learn? <laughs> I learned how to, uh, ch- uh, to axe wood. Axe wood, there you go. I thought I wasn't going to be strong enough because I just felt a bit, you know, girly weak when I had a moment because I thought I'm, I'm going to miss and I'm going to chop my foot off. I'm not going to do it. And then Swelly showed me the right technique and had a good crack at it and there we go. Split, well, you split a log with a block buster or with an axe? With an axe, okay. So yep. Chuck him in the middle. Yep. Tony, chuck him in the middle, mate. We're going to come and grab him ourselves. So chuck him in the middle. <laughs> yep. Self. Yeah. We're going to actually grab as we want to. Chuck him in. Chuck him in the middle. Sorry, <laughs> No, we don't want the table. We want floor. Chuck. Chuck him over here. <laughs> I know, mate. Can't get good bosses around here, can I? Whatever I am. <laughs> Thinking about Kath's story, I remember watching a fellow minister uh, a while ago Instagram to post him chopping wood, and I'm watching where his legs are as he's swinging the axe, and I'm thinking, this is not going to end well, because he's, he's doing, doing this, and, and rather... And, and yes, exactly what happened. The axe ended up in his leg. It was, it was, it was, it was special to watch. <laughs> Some of you guys know this guy. I'll tell you who it is maybe later on. But anyway. Sorry? Yeah, it would have been at his... I think he had a property. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a few years ago now. All right. So what we're going to do is... Um, is someone just grab some and pass it around? So next person. I reckon just take it even out of the baskets. Let's just get... Has anyone washed their hands recently in the last week? <laughs> yeah, so let's just take it out and do it that way. Yeah, yeah just, just do that. 
Oh, we'll start this one going around this way. Come and, come and grab a...